This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Harbinger Down. Terror is just beneath the surface. This is where Brett usually says some bullshit. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess, episode 107. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And this time, uh, we're going to do a little something called Harbinger Down. Yeah, so unfortunately, we're going to do it without Brett. Yeah. Yep, and I forgot to prepare anything to say there, so I just like, it's where Brett says some bullshit. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he sprung this on me, so there was no preparation. It's nice to get through an episode without somebody uh, questioning why I get boners from farts. <laughs> or announcing it, even. Yeah, either way. <laughs> so Harbinger Down so, comes courtesy of a friend of yours, I believe. Yep, Jacob. He's a good friend of mine. So he uh, he enjoyed this movie and suggested we watch it. So we did. That's what we do here. We watch movies that are suggested. Yeah, we got quite the backlog, so we're uh, we're working through them week by week. But I'm sure we'll be happy to add more to the list. Well, obviously. <laughs> but this movie, Harbinger Down, it kicks off. We got some uh, some people. Well, first we get the opening, which is like space, the final frontier. True. This is the voyage of the Soviet moonlander in 1982 as I crash into the Arctic Ocean. Yeah, it doesn't go well for the cosmonaut. Nope, he kind of falls into the atmosphere and then into the ocean. And then pink goo leaks onto him. Then we fast forward to, uh, I suppose, 2015. Yeah, and I was like, oh great, we get a found footage movie. This isn't going to be terrible. Yeah, I was really upset when that happened. I was like, oh, <laughs> god damn it. Your job's to run the camera. Run the camera. Yeah. Oh, the doctor doesn't trust me to drive, so he's going to drive himself while trying to read a map at the same time. <laughs> read a map like a monster. Yeah. You think he would have had GPS? I know. It's 2015, man. Well, I mean, not now, but it was when they made this movie. Yes. So we catch up with our uh, group of, what are they, college students? Yeah, it's like a college professor and probably two PhD students, I'm going to imagine. And they're definitely postgraduate studiers of some kind and... They arrive at the good ship Harbinger. Yep. And they're going to go look for some whales. Yep. And we, we, we've stumbled across the plot of Star Trek Four. <laughs> yep. Because in the future, there's going to be some alien monsters that are like, hey, how them whales doing? Are we going to blow you up? Oh, no. What's up, Hollywood? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen as soon as it happened. <laughs> yeah, see, this is where we mock Chris for not having a cell phone turned off 
Or at least on silent. But at least it made the duck hunt noise. That's fun, right? Because, you know, it's only been 107 episodes. I think you would have figured it out by now. <laughs> You'd think that. See, my, cell phone, my cell phone is across the room and out of power, so I do not have to worry about that. Well, la-dee-da, Mr. Fancy. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with the weekends. I always forget to charge my phone and just never have a cell phone during the weekend. Man, why would you want to talk to people when you're not at work? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, but now we get to meet the crew of the Harbinger. Yeah, a motley crew, if you will. Yeah. Who do we start with? Who do we start with? Hightower? Yeah, we'll start with Hightower. The the giant dude with no hair on his top of his head, but a beard on the bottom of his face. Mm-hmm. Then there's Kerrigan, the angry Russian woman. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, we have... Uh, let's see. We got, like, a token Inuit guy. He is not an Eskimo. He is an Inuit. Yeah, he makes that very clear. Yep. Uh, there's token black guy, even though he's... Yeah, token black guy. I guess he's the only black guy on the ship. Yeah. Uh, Harold Blackman. Yep, and then there's white guy, who future love interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and then there's Pop Pop, also Pop known Pop. as Le- Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> yeah, good old Pop Pop. <laughs> and it yeah. turns out they're uh, the college guys. One of them is the granddaughter of Pop Pop. Yep. Ergo Pop Pop. And they're on this uh, here crabbing ship to go look for the whales. Yes. Oh, we didn't really get to the... So the, the school people, we have Dr. Lick, mm-hmm. who is heading the... And the uh, whatever, expedition. We have generic female character, who is the granddaughter of Pop Pop. And we have Hooks, who is the the quiet yet semi-squeaky black lady. Yeah, the characters aren't super uh, fleshed out. No. And now uh, everybody's on, on the ship. And we find out that uh, Pop Pop is a stern yet reasonable man. Yep. And that he's going to do his crabbing during the night. And they can do their whaling during the day. Yep. Seems like a fair trade-off, I'd say. And, uh... They bring along several iPads... And, uh... Their genetic sequencer 4000. Oh, yeah. This thing gets, like, a full-on, like... Product placement introduction in the movie. And I'm not sure if the thing actually exists in real life... Because if it doesn't, it's the weirdest product placement ever. Yeah, and they, if it does, how did someone get their gene mapping product on a movie? Well, this was kickstarted, so I can only assume that they gave a sizable kickstart boost to them. I was like, hey, hey, <laughs> we got this gene sequencer, right? Maybe feature it heavily with several shots. Yeah. That was just the weirdest thing to me. 
Because all you got to do is you take some tissue and you throw it in the gene sequencer and it tells you all kinds of stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, In just minutes a day. So we're doing a little learning right now about our crew. We learned that the Russian lady is cold and standoffish. Yep. She's generally arrogant, generally angry. Yeah. We learned that Token is a, a black guy. And he talks yep. like a black guy. Yep. Thanks, movie. Yep. We learned oh, that... Uh, but the character the character's actually named Doc. Not because he's a doctor, but because he used to live under a dock. Yeah, seems like the kind of guy you'd want to have. Yeah. Well, I just, like, really, like, let's just stare... Just, just feed some more stereotypes. You know, no big deal. <laughs> oh, but we forgot my favorite person on the ship... Guy who lives in the engine compartment and really likes sloths. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I forgot about him because he only shows up like twice in the movie. <laughs> yep. And we're introduced to him by seeing his weird collage of uh, sloth pictures. And sloth drawings, which is the best part. <laughs> Guy really likes sloths. That's, that's the takeaway. Yeah, I, I think what happened was they didn't raise enough money because if they had, they would have gotten Kristen Bell to do this to do that part because she loves her some sloths. So now uh, all these jerks are out there floating around on the Baltic Sea or wherever the fuck they are, and yep. uh, there's some crabbing going on. Yep, they're looking for the whales, which have been fitted with GPS locators. Yeah, and then she, then a generic white lady sticks a uh, probe down into the ocean and sees some whales swimming and then sees a red blinking light underneath the ice. Yep, so they go in to catch the red blinking light, and it's uh, attached to a bunch of ice, so they net it up. And they mention multiple times that they can tell this ice is kind of because it has a blue color to it, not like your normal white ice. Yeah, and I'm not uh, I'm not an iceologist, but I think it takes more than like 27 years for that to occur. Yeah, well, I thought blue ice came from planes, so... Ooh, that's poop water, <laughs> man. Uh. So now they, uh, they got this here blinky light ice ball. And they bust it up with hammers and such. And they find uh, our cosmonaut buddy from earlier in the film. Yep. And his moon lander. And they uh, they promptly get into a fight over who owns this fucking thing. Yeah, because that's the real issue at the moment. Yeah, because Dr. Lick is like, oh, obviously this is the property of the university. And then, of course... The um, Tokyo white girl is like, oh, actually, I found it, so it's mine. Maritime laws. And Pop Pop's like, yeah, of course it's hers, because she's my granddaughter. Yeah, I'm the captain of this ship, you fucker. Yeah, and Dr. Lick gets, starts his uh, getting really annoying at that point. Like, he was only kind of annoying before, but he gets extra annoying during this part. Yeah, he just totally turns into a real asshole about this whole dead body thing. Yeah. Because he was looking for whales, but somebody's going to make his name with this spaceship. 
I believe at some point uh, one of the other crewmen says something to the effect of, uh, man, if I was a scientist, I'd go science the hell out of that thing. And Dr. Oh, yeah. Dr. Lick's like, <laughs> science it. <laughs> Preposterous. <laughs> you can't even use English properly. So they tricked Dr. Lick into uh, psychoanalyzing uh, Hightower. Hightower. Yeah, while Hightower is sitting there drinking Double Cross Vodka. So uh, I, I like to think there was some foreshadowing there because someone's going to get Double Cross later. Crisscross. Yes, jump, jump. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's my jam. And not just because my name is Chris. <laughs> no. Wait, no, no, it's actually the only reason. Now that I think about it. Come on, you know you want to. I do. Often that people refer to me as the Daddy Mac, or alternatively, the Mac Daddy. <laughs> the Mac Daddy. <laughs> uh, yes, also, yeah, you I can't, can't put my see pants this. on right. Yeah, he said you can't see this on the podcast, but Chris literally has all of his clothes on backwards at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm bad at clothes. <laughs> uh, God, what else? Okay, so what? Finally, generic white girl and future love interest go down and start checking out. Then they bring Kerrigan with them because Kerrigan can speak the Russian. And start to check out the unfrozen caveman spaceman. Yeah, later. and they're they're checking it out. They bust him out of his spacesuit, and he looks all weird and gross. Not burnt up, but just weird and gross. And they cut some shit out of him and put it in a jar. And they take it up to the Genome Sequencer 4000. And it tells them that there's a fuck ton of DNA here. I don't know what the fuck to do with it. So... Don't buy me because I can't do shit. <laughs> yeah, terrible, terrible product. Don't actually get one. And it, they think he's full of some kind of water bears or something. Yeah, these like yeah, some parasite, insect, slug thing that they call a water bear for some reason. And yeah. Yeah, and so you know, so they're looking at that, and then Doctor Lick's like, "What the fuck? Someone's been fucking with my science thing." Yeah, so he goes down to you know science on it some, but then the the cosmonaut corpse is gone. It's just gone. Yeah, and so of course his logical conclusion is that somebody drugged the corpse away and threw it over the side. Yep. So he goes up to the deck and takes all his clothes off. Mm-hmm. Or half his half his clothes off, really. Yeah, he keeps his pants on. He's a respectable doctor, thankfully. And uh, and then he he wanders around, and then they manage to get him back in the ship, and and then he grows three dicks out of his back mm-hmm. and jizzes all over everyone. Accurate. Yep. <laughs> he, it's kind of like the scene from Alien when the with the chest burster only it's a back burster. And it literally looks like just three giant dicks grow out of his back yep. and spray liquid everywhere. Ejaculates pink sparkly goop all over everything. And then the liquid bunches up and runs itself down the drain intentionally. Yeah, it's got to go hide or cool. whatever. It was That was pretty cool, I thought. That was pretty cool. So Pop Pop, he's like, uh-oh, there's a, apparently some kind of alien jism monster loose. We better get some liquid nitrogen 
in buckets. And like, freeze that shit. Because that's how you carry liquid nitrogen, I guess. Yeah, it works. You just can't set the bucket down very hard because you'll shatter it. <laughs> so now all these jerks are running around with buckets of liquid nitrogen, which is a recipe for disaster, if you ask me. Oh. And Hightower makes the best joke ever to Kerrigan. Oh, he does. Yep. It's, uh, what do you call it, frozen Russian? A hammer and popsicle. <laughs> oh man 2015 yeah. when this movie was made yep. and there's also some nice combat foreplay between Kerrigan and Hightower as they uh, drink vodka and then try to strangle each other yep like you do yep that's, that's how you know you my found Tuesday the nights. one yeah when you, <laughs> you know you got your soulmate when you can drink a bunch of vodka and then choke him out on the floor <laughs> So now, uh, while this is happening, our buddy Slothman down in the down in the engine room, he gets uh, he gets his from the monster. Yeah, and it's like, does he get wrapped around the uh, drive shaft? I'm not sure. I don't know. It fucks up the drive shaft in that that part. Regardless, yeah. Yeah, like they keep having these shipwide meetings, and he never shows up, and no one says anything about it. He's too busy until jacking off the sloths down in the engine room. Yeah, no, I like to think that he just fantasizes about Kristen Bell while looking at the sloths and just jacking off because that's a little less weird to me. I prefer to think he's jacking off the sloths because I've got problems. <laughs> at least he's not jacking off the sloths because that would be worse. I guess that's true. So now we're down one engine, so they nope. can't even get away from uh, where they are to go get some help. Yep. But they do finally decide to check out the engine room with their bucket of liquid nitrogen to see what the fuck's going on. And they find Mother Brain down there. <laughs> That's true, they do. <laughs> it, looks it looks it looks exceedingly like Mother Brain from Metroid. I was like, "That's pretty awesome. I hope that's intentional." It was pretty good. The, and they're the like, we're gonna need a bigger bucket. Awesome. Yeah, all the yeah, all the monster effects were really good in this. And they they tried and so before they can even throw the bucket of liquid nitrogen on it, it grabs the dude with the liquid nitrogen who dumps it all over his arm and starts to pull him away and Lance Hendrickson grabs the uh the uh Inuit guy's arm and keeps the arm while the rest of the Inuit guy snaps off <laughs> and gets pulled into the uh the monster, which was good. That was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. Yep. And while, but also while they're down there, they pan across the uh, engine room, and there's a, a a mothballed chess wizard down there, which I thought was a nice shout out to uh, the thing. Yeah, this is, this movie definitely takes some inspiration from that. <sighs> More than a little, you might say. Yeah, but definitely. Uh, is the, it wants to be the spiritual successor to the thing. It tries. And uh, other things that happen, because my notes kind of start to get really short at this point. Uh, token black guy is up on the deck mm -hmm. in a crab cage, and Kerrigan has doused him in gasoline and is pointing a flare pistol at him because he is sweating. And he's like, of course I'm sweating. 
someone is pointing a fucking flare gun at me while I'm covered in gasoline. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a good time to panic in my book. <laughs> and then he grows a bunch of shit out of his back, and they light him on fire with the flare pistol. Which is better than freezing him, because fire is more better. Fire is forever. Yeah, freezing is temporary, I guess. Yeah, I was there. Were, there were some Spice Girls lyrics that just fell out of my head at the moment. Because friendship never ends. Fire is forever, but friendship never ends. That's my jam. Aside from Crisscross, <laughs> Spice Girls and Crisscross. That's all I listen Chris to. Tr- he's truly a child of the nineties. Well, it wasn't by choice. <laughs> is it ever? I guess not. Uh, let's see what else happens. Um, some other pe- oh they uh, they managed to at some point they decide to drain somehow drain the liquid nitrogen tanks into scuba tanks mm-hmm. and make a liquid nitrogen gun, which that is, is pretty portable. cool. If not yeah. completely implausible. Yeah, that was the one thing about the the movie. I was like, I don't really buy that. Um, let's see. Uh, how do people start dying? Uh, I think Hightower comes next. Because no. he tries to, he's straightening out the drive shaft. Whoa, the, you skipped the whole, the whole big reveal. Uh, did I? Yeah. Okay. Because it turns okay. out that old uh, Russian broad, she's really still part of the KGB or something. Now, she is a consultant. A consultant. And it yes. turns out that there's several Russian operatives on crab boats looking for uh, the blinky light guy. Yep, because they want their... Because they, apparently they were trying to make cosmonauts that were more resistant to radiation. Yeah, by making somehow, them kill monsters. Yep, and made them liquid, solid kill monsters. So she informs everybody that she's done rigged up the boat with explosives and there's a submarine that's been following them or some other implausible nonsense. Oh yeah, she she sent out a distress signal to the submarine which should be there in about a half hour and a half hour after that, the boat's gonna blow up. And they get and then Hooks gets her gun, Kerrigan's gun away from her and then Hooks gets sucked up into some tubing by the, the monster. Which was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the monster eats the Russian lady. Yep. Even though she's been inoculated against it. Yeah, which isn't the same thing as an antidote. Don't get those confused, idiots. Which is true. Yeah, it's a valid <laughs> point. Didn't I'm pretty seem, sure it gave her autism, though. It didn't seem relevant at the time, necessarily, <laughs> but I guess it was a fair point. Well, no, see, the point was that her autism, you know, she had to point out the fact that it was not actually an antidote. And so, you know, so, you know, Jenny McCarthy was right about kill monster antidotes or inoculations. That's right. They cause you, autism. You vaccinate your kids, they'll become kill monsters. <laughs> now you vaccinate them against kill monsters and they become autistic. Yeah. So you're, you're fucked either way. They're yep. either going to be kill monsters or autistic. Those are your choices. That's basically the same thing. It's fucking know. science, man. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so anyway, yeah, then um, Hightower basically takes a come-along in the chain and tries to straighten out the drive shaft. Oh, uh, what? A come-along. What the, what the fuck is that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Colbert's not a colloquialism, but apparently a come-along is. A it's com- a... It's a like a ratchet lever thing that you can use to pull oh, like on a, a winch, chains and a stuff. A winch? No, because a winch it uses like a round drum. This is just like a lever that he goes back and forth and pulls things tight. Yeah, it's a it's a manual winch. Uh, it's called a come along. Okay, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll uh, I'll respectfully agree to disagree with that. <laughs> Although I will be using that at work tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> Not in context, mind you. I'm just going to say uh, it. it's it's much less racist than a Mexican dragline. <laughs> okay, also true. Which is what my dad used to refer to as a shovel, <laughs> or used to refer to a shovel as. <laughs> Thanks, racist dad. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so now Hightower gets his Oh yeah, and this is their good monster attack And they do, one of the things I love from the thing Is they have Kerrigan's face on this monster Only sh- her face is not the face of the monster It's just on the underside of the jaw Because the monster doesn't understand how a human body works It just is using the stuff to make its own Horrific creature thing abilities Dan Hightower, he fights the good fight. I mean, he manages to whoop this thing's ass pretty solid. Yeah. Punches it a few times. Sucks it through the the drive shaft somehow or another. Yeah. But then it just it just kicks his ass eventually. <laughs> yeah, he still loses, but it he fought him the eventually. good fight. Yep. So now we're down to generic uh, white girl, love interest, and Pop Pop. Yep. And they're looking for explosives. And Pop Pop and Hightower found two of them. And Pop Pop returned back to the hold with two, the two of them while uh, Hightower straightened out the drive shaft. And they determined that the other four must be in the bilge, which is semen talk for the poop storage. <laughs> semen. <laughs> uh, yep, so generic uh, white girl goes down there. And, and a pair of hip waders. And it turns out that it's full of uh, the, the pink ejaculate. Yeah, because the crabs got... Uh, turned into kill monster goo at some point while they weren't looking. And somehow or another, she manages to get the bombs, but then Pop Pop gets infected by the ejaculate. Yep. And then so they send her up to oh they so they decide to attach the explosives to the liquid nitrogen tanks in order to freeze the kill monster and the generic white girl's sad because her pop pop's gonna die she's like I'm gonna tell grandma pop pop's like 
Oh, don't worry about that. Your grandma died like three months ago. Yeah, it's totally I just cool. didn't tell you. <laughs> it's totally fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, we we're just going to not worry about that ever again. So I got her ashes on board, though, so that's good. Yep. So he dumps those out because fuck it, why not at this point? Yep. And so they send her up to the wheelhouse to radio for help. And while Pop Pop's trying not to turn into a kill monster, Love Interest turns into a kill monster. No, he's grabbed by the kill monster and killed by a monster. Yep. And then Pop Pop goes shortly thereafter. But tells her to, uh, to ice, ice the, the whole ship. Ice the ship, she says, whatever that means. Which apparently means run it into an iceberg. Yep. And so she does. That she does. And grabs the radio on the way out so she can radio a mayday. And I kind of, I guess, implied that she survives. Yeah. Even I, though she probably was monster jizzed. So probably not a good thing that she survived. Yeah, probably better just to let her die on the iceberg, honestly, for the rest of us. And that's the movie. Yep. In a nutshell. So, Chris, what do you think? Eh, it's not too bad. It's, uh, it's got some pretty good effects, all practical by my understanding. It's a pretty... I've... Okay, story. There's some weird subplots in, in it here and there. But I'd say give it a shot if you have nothing going on. You could do a lot worse than this. You could do a lot better. Overall, I feel kind of meh. The good parts are pretty good. The other parts are pretty average, at least. I mean, it's it's not like Begotten or something. Maybe or throw it on too. while you're doing the dishes or something. What do you think, Mr. Troy? Uh, I think I liked it a little bit better than you did, but um, I would say if you are looking for a creature feature and you haven't seen The Thing in the in a while, watch The Thing. Uh, if you have seen The Thing recently, watch this instead. It's a it's you know a, a lower budget version of it uh, with a little less uh, tension, I will say, because we never really had the whole who's infected, who has the monster in them kind of subplot you have in uh, in the thing to build the tension. But overall, it's a very watchable movie. Uh, I, I would watch anything these guys do in the future uh, without too much reservation. So I would say I watch it, but uh, don't, don't watch it, you know, expecting high art or something as good as the thing. But Watch it and accept, expect something pretty decent. I would be interested to see what they could do with a proper budget. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure they made... They raised like $380,000 on the Kickstarter for this. I have a hard time believing they made the entire movie for that much. But I'm sure it definitely helped them create the effects and such. Yeah. Not too shabby all at all, I'd say. Yeah. What do we have next so, time, Mr. Troy? Uh, next week is Robo Geisha, as recommended to us by Kylie. Uh, so apparently this is the same 
production and or distribution company as Tokyo Gore Police. So we're pretty stoked about that, I believe. Yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs> I, I think Brett has seen the trailer for Robogeisha and is super excited about it. So uh, we have high hopes for next week. Yeah, I assume it's about a robot geisha. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're still always open to more recommendations, even though we have a decent list right now. I think we have, after Robogeisha, we have Shark Exorcists. And we have, by, recommended to us by Mr. Green, we have Graveyard Shift from Jason. Uh, we have Yakuza Apocalypse, as recommended by my coworker who owns Begotten. Uh, so I think we have a decent listing, but uh, if we, we we're always looking for more uh, recommendations. So, uh, Brett, how would people send us recommendations? Now do do it right, and that's princess with no vowels in it. Uh, other other than that, you got it perfect, Brett. So, uh, yep, we got Robo Geisha for next time. You got anything to add, Chris? Uh, not of any merit, like most of the time when I talk. <laughs> All right. In that case, I'll give a proper sign off. Uh, have a good day, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Oh, hold on. I got to pee really bad. <laughs> I tried so hard. I almost made it. I was wondering why you were moving like that. Yeah, I was like, I can do it. But now no, I can't. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. I hope not.